everyone and welcome to the Levantex podcast. It's Sophie and we look into things that are both cultural and political. Today, I have a very interesting guest. We are talking to Sarah Adadi and she is a visual artist, a very, very interesting visual artist because most of the art that she creates definitely has stories behind it and uh, there's sometimes a cause and we're going to be looking into that today and see how it's working out for her and uh, what type of campaigns and messages she's hoping to put out into the world through her art. So Sarah, thank you for joining us today. Hello, Sophie. Hi, I'm so glad to be here today. And I'm very excited to be talking about all of the um, subjects you have mentioned and um, a big hi to all the audience and everyone who's listening and watching. So as you can tell, we have a lovely Bahraini woman on the airwaves with us today, and we are very excited to hear what she's got to say to us. So I want to look into some of the points. Sarah and I were talking, and she does have a project that she's working on. It hasn't been released to the public, so we're going to leave that for a little bit down the line. But Sarah, you are a women's rights advocate. You are focused on empowering women. Now, can you tell me a little bit how you're using visual art and um, sketching or painting or anything along those lines to uh, send those and put those messages out there? Well, Sophie, if I'm going to start in the beginning, I'm just going to start with where the journey started. Before I even became an artist, I was very much interested in you know this specific cause which is standing with women uh, against domestic violence um making the woman's voice heard as much as i can um i was in university and i was always um talking um and being part of events where my voice was always highlighting that specific domestic violence issues and i met along the way a lot of people and that kind of started like a movement. Um, as I started becoming more of the artist uh, after my graduation, doing my master's degree, my bachelor's uh, art degree actually, I realized that it's naturally coming out. It's not directed. Like when I sit in front of the canvas, I don't tell myself I'm actually going to paint a painting that's going to reflect pain because of domestic violence. It happens naturally because on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, I'm either listening to stories, reading the news, being affected, whether directly or indirectly, through friends, family members with this specific issue. And I realize that it's actually coming out, whether I am intentionally doing it or not. You know, this is true art. True art is not what you decide to do or what you convince yourself that you're actually going to do. It's what you're surprised with once you start working from an empty mind and an empty space and an empty canvas. Like I would sit and I'm like, why did I just do that? And I remember it's I'm linking it to a specific in incident in my subconscious mind. And then as things started moving along, um, I actually joined a movement in Bahrain. It was a group of women that has a, a, a dial-up number 24-7 available for those who are in domestic uh, violence situations. And I trained to be able to answer those phone calls in order to direct uh, those specific um, victims of the issue. And believe it or not, I could not even handle my first case. I couldn't. Because of the intensity that happened, you know, you have a phone and you are responsible once you get a phone call of someone who's going through something, 
to direct and calm them down and to tell them legally what they should be doing. And the minute I received those messages of a girl who told me, you know, she was typing and she was saying, he's, he's going to hurt me. I'm lock, locking the room. And then you just become emotional. And then all the traumas, all the past pains, your own issues are triggered. And I was so emotionally unbalanced. I was going to rush to her. I was going to call the cops. And I, then I was just, I just gave up and I contacted the coordinator and I told her, you need to take this case because I feel I'm very emotional and unstable to actually calm her down. And um, that's when I realized, I think my place is not in the field of actually physically um, being strong enough to help them because I'm a very emotional um, person and I get, I catch the feelings of people. And as an empath, you know, people, we, we take the energies of people and we feel it, but actually through my art, that's when it became kind of a better way of highlighting the issue. Sarah, that's that's very intense, you know, yeah, what you've just yeah. said. Um, I can't even imagine being in my position and, and or being in that position. I think it's very difficult. I think, as you said, you know, you think you're strong and you and you want to be there and you want to be on the front line and you want to be able to make that difference. <clears throat> However, you find it extremely difficult when you're overwhelmed with the case itself. So uh, I guess um, the outlet that you have is still raising awareness. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. So um, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But at the same time, it's, it, it, we can't it even was, imagine. It was, it's Sophie, you know what it was? It reminded me and it was there was a silver lining that there's actually a community and they speak in multiple languages and they are there 24-7 to help women in Bahrain who are dealing with the situation and that was the silver lining even though I was not able to do my part they are actually ongoing and is it is it very taboo there for you Sarah is this something that really can't be discussed are these hotlines really um in the public eye or is it sort of like a word of mouth distribution you know to keep it on the down low like how is it how is it there I mean um I personally uh, had to send texts to many friends, but um, I think in the Gulf in general, because the society and the community is so worried about reputation, they're so worried about reputation, the reputation of the, uh, of, uh, the person who's hurting them, whether it's the father, the brother, the husband, the partner, you know, they are so scared to speak up, even though they know there are channels open. I think with Westerns and um, uh, people living in Bahrain or whether other countries, it's much easier because they are here in a country where they don't have family, they don't have friends. So, so this is the only support they probably have. While, you know, on the other hand, when it comes to Bahrainis or people in the Gulf in general, they rely on their friends, their families, their communities, their mothers, you, you know, someone who's going to basically pick them up. But I think the spreading awareness about this um, is ongoing and um, we have a lot of um, uh, initiatives, uh, government initiatives to protect uh, women uh, in situation like that, situations like that and it's always very refreshing to hear and see that. I just was going to ask you a quick question, you might not know the answer but uh, you might. <laughs> 
I know um, a lot of friends of mine have tried to get divorces in GCC countries or um, they married in GCC countries and they do tend to make it, uh, I don't want to say difficult, but they tend to extend the period because they sort of want you to reconcile or find a way to be able to be together. Now, how hard is, how hard is it in Bahrain? Um, and I, I know that Bahrain is one of, is more open GCC country compared to its surrounding countries. Um, so it, it, it's always had stood out. I lived in Riyadh, I lived in Saudi. I remember we always used to run to Bahrain for uh, the weekends, you know, to just feel like we can breathe fresh air and we don't feel the so freedom, claustrophobic. The yes, yeah. yes. So uh, we, I do know that Bahrain is a bit more open, but do you find that these cases are struggling to be proven in court, that the women are maybe being able to be put back with their abuser because maybe they don't have enough uh, evidence? Like, how hard is it um, and how serious is the government taking it? Okay, well, what I can under, um, answer you is definitely not regarding the government or whatever is happening. Those are the officials that are going to or basically have the right to answer that. But what I can tell you is what I've been witnessing uh, through friends and family and circles of people that I know who are dealing with the same situation is that there is a huge rise in um, lawyers, female lawyers. And having female lawyers who are very strongly representing these women helps a lot. And the majority of the cases of divorce in Bahrain are backed up with a very strong female lawyer. And I am seeing a lot of progress and a lot of awareness, even socially, that pushing people off their limits just because you think they might fix things is unacceptable. And these things are discussed in newspapers and articles written, whether things were not fair for someone because of that specific reason you mentioned, which is trying to keep the family together underneath the pain and the hatred of someone who's basically suffering. Um, I'm seeing a lot of um, change, very refreshing, very hopeful change. And I'm seeing a lot of awareness in social circles of people and people now realize that that is, that is just unacceptable. That, that's really great news. I mean, we, we struggle with it here and especially in 2020 and 2021, we've seen the rise of domestic abuse, you know, whether it be in relationships or with housemaids. I mean, it's getting it's really getting out of control. And uh, yes, we might be in Lebanon and they say we're open and we're democratic and these things are discussed and they're really not. And um, you, you've probably seen on the news that a woman was killed by her own husband and he's still at large, even with Interpol looking for him. So it's, it's, uh, it's not over and it's a really long journey and it's a really big fight. Um, and it's so great to see how you're trying to create awareness. Now, let's get into a little bit more detail about your art and what you've done in order to spread this message and uh, what has um, the reaction been? Okay, so um, first, I think before jumping directly to the art, which we will definitely get to, I think it's very important of us to just not address uh, domestic violence as a no, no thing. I think it's much more better and helpful and positively um it's, it's more of a positive approach to present um, solutions or ex exit situations, uh, practical exit situations. Um, usually when I listen and I hear stories, um, a lot of people tell me, you know, you should put a very uh, 
clear, vibrant image and voice that no to domestic violence. I said, everybody knows it's unacceptable, whether you agree with it or not. It's just, what am I helping? Who am I helping by saying no to domestic violence? What I need to do and what we all need to do is spread the practical exit solutions for women who are in need. Because what they need to understand is a lot, see, abuse has many sections. Uh, Sophie, I'm sure you know that there's emotional, there's economic abuse where the husband is the person in charge of the money and the wife basically she cannot live. There's social abuse where they hack her phone, they stalk her, they uh, blackmail her and they tell her, you know, if you get asked, even think of asking for divorce, I'm going to ruin your reputation, especially in very closed uh, communities. And then there's the physical abuse, there's the sexual abuse, there's a lot of parts of abuse that go under silent abuse. It's not even seen. Emotional abuse might look like this person is madly in love with you. The same situation with the, the beautiful, beautiful girl that was just killed. Emotional abuse from the beginning. So raising awareness about the red flags is a must. And then putting those exit solutions and practical ways to find yourself an exit out of the situation, whether it's by getting a divorce, whether it's by leaving the country, if you have to. I know um, with a lot of families, they have the, the girl has to leave the country because it's the brothers who are after her, as you know, in Jordan and many countries. I don't want to mention any country specific, but she has to flee. Um, so I think it's these are the things that we need to focus on and not just saying condemning like no 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 it's it's what actually can help those in those situations now when it came to me through my art i was very much uh, moved with the stories i have been um they say you attract your purpose even if i try to avoid movies and programs about domestic violence i'm trying to run away from the issue because mentally it makes me really angry I sit in a coffee shop and the first thing the girl says, who I just met, is the story. And it's like, okay, fine, I give up, <laughs> you know? It's somehow a purpose and it's coming through, it's gonna come through my art. And um, maybe one of the works I shared with you, one of the first works I shared with you, um, which I painted the, the girl in the kimono and her nose was bleeding. This is actually a recreation of an actual situation. That's literally how she described the situation. And I came home and I felt so, um, you know, when there's something inside of you that needs to come out, it needs to come out. You cannot carry, you cannot move around carrying it, whether it's frustration and anger or sadness or just bitterness about this whole situation. And um, I got it out and it went, it got accepted to a very big event that I'm not going to name. And unfortunately, because there is blood uh, in the image and it was, it was seen as aggressive, um, the painting was removed from the wall before the opening. And believe it or not, Sophie, this has happened to me five more times, five more times, five big events where people who are responsible of the event tell me your painting was hanging right here an hour ago and it was removed because of all the blood and the, kind of the aggressiveness that 
is is coming through your work where where these and, where are these events based in the middle east or are you facing this uh, it's it's okay so just trying to understand i'm not going to name where exactly no no we don't have to but it's just it's nice to understand where you were and where you were trying to exhibit what um, what i what i would like to highlight Sophie, is basically not just in the middle east not i mean in the gcc in general and i think also in the arab world when an event is an official event and it's a big deal and there's a lot of big high people yeah, coming press. at press and it's grand and luxurious nobody wants to see the dirt what's under the rug what's people under the wants, rug yeah people want to see a beautiful image let's be all sit in denial and act like these situations are not happening on a daily basis and there's not a waiting list list in the uh, courts because you know, I mean, no, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I was born and raised in the GCC. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wish I wish, you know, and, I, and, I, and what happened with me, Sophie, to kind of go through the cracks and the gaps is I became very smart in my representation. I started to move away from the clear representation of blood. And even my bruises, my bruises were camouflaged because very few could read it and some paintings did get displayed in very big events without being removed so i'm kind of finding a way to tell the story without um you know the the the, the direct representation i guess of the painting well, uh, it, any way to get the message out there and um, finding that right balance is going to be able to keep you in the face and, and keeping this moldur, as we say uh, in the Arab world, you know, at, at the forefront and at the top of everybody's minds, which is necessary because, as we said earlier, we have a longer journey to do. Um, and yes, the resources and the solutions and all of these exit strategies are not necessarily um, easily or readily available and uh, in, in some communities you don't even know where to go to even find someone to tell you where it is so I do really understand what you're saying and um, thank you very much for talking about it like this uh, I think that's uh, I think we need to just change the tune a little bit so uh, you don't get always stigmas as we said you know and put into this category you are working on a project or have worked on a project but haven't released it yet and it's to do with Lebanon. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm going to give you the floor <laughs> to, for you to say as much as needs to be said without revealing anything you may not want to reveal. So please, Sarah, go for it. Um, so basically going back to um, the very unpleasant memory of the blast, I think. It was one of those days, um, if I'm going to put it in comparison, I would say the Twin Tower uh, incident. It, it's one of those days where you remember exactly where you were when the news hit and how everything just stood still. And all you did was literally watch the news. And I think it did not just hit Lebanon and not even reg regionally, it went globally. It just, the effect of it was so huge uh, I was overwhelmed, honestly. I was just sitting there and I remember just standing and some, some, sometimes I was standing while I'm watching the news because I just couldn't, you know, sit calm. I was just, it, mentally, you don't know what you're feeling. Are you angry? Are you, if a question mark, what's going on? Who is behind this, you know? And basically after um, all the dust settled, 
I think. I reached a point where I was, I just had to, you know, I, I can't carry feelings and emotions around. I love to get them out. And they, I think our works in general for all artists or writers or musicians or any creative people, um, any sort of creative people, it's always like a, it's a diary. It's a story of what we've been through, what we felt in that specific moment. And because of the um, whole situation, I produced a series. Right now, it's in four works. They're four works. Um, um, and I named them Shahrazad. Shahrazad, which is from the 1001 Tales. And she is saying a story. And I use the reference, a picture of a Lebanese woman from the 1880s. 80 something it's a beautiful picture that i found because i was searching for like the muse the, the figure that's actually going to say the story and it starts with a beautiful like mosaic like patterns and colors that represent the diversity in the lebanese community when when it comes to religions colors sects everything it's it, like you can't get more diverse and more, more colorful you know, and that is beautiful. And that was the, that's the grand piece. It's, it's very, um, it's very in your face. It's too colorful. Very loud. Yes. And then you <laughs> like the Lebanese to the, in general. <laughs> yes. Yes. With a lot of colors um, from the Lebanese um, nature, basically. And then you move into the next piece, which is um, the collision. I called it collision. And uh, basically I put Shahrazad uh, eye to eye and I put two two figures looking at each other and there's like like a, a stitching behind them now one has eyes that can see and the other she has no eyes because I remember before the blast there was the um the 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 the, the issues on the streets where there yeah, was the revolution the revolution exactly the, re the revolution no. where one se sector was against the other sector and one group of people was against the other group now you we're not gonna say who's who but in the end it's two and two are eye to eye face to face and i did that as the collision and then I have the afterblast. Now the afterblast is definitely my favorite piece and I cannot wait to see the, re the reactions, hopefully when it gets showed. Um, there were footsteps on the actual piece, you know, like, like the floor. M images of people running in the streets and the color, you know, when the dust rises and then just goes down, the color, there's colors like a yellowish, dusty grayish color that's how it is and it's like someone stepped on Shahrazad's and there's like footsteps and dirt and debris and I think that says the um the whole circle um very clearly um and poetically and it, it we need to also discuss it I think we need to discuss it and we need to remember it and I need I, I personally need to remember it I don't want to forget this and so that's why I did this um, series which I'm very excited to actually show and share I think it's going to be received very well by uh, Lebanese women for sure um, there was a time of talk uh, during the revolution or the Thoda that uh, the women will be leading and, and you've seen a lot of brain drain in the country and a lot of it has been the men unfortunately and the women are the ones staying behind whether they have the kids or you know there, there's a there's a big polarization and a void being created in, in, in Lebanon. 
and a lot of it is because things are not being discussed and now it's lately it's can we discuss it or are we going to be offed like uh, the the latest journalists and a couple of other um, activists Uh, there's so much going on Um, Sarah it's been wonderful talking to you today Uh, it's been very inspirational and uh, having gone through um, the blast myself uh, listening to how you depicted the whole uh, stage you know the representation is is quite epic and uh, I really appreciate that and it's nice to know that our brothers and sisters uh, felt something and were affected and are there and listening and working for us as well um um honestly my I've never I've never visited Lebanon but I had a lot of uh, very close Lebanese friends um one of my best friends was Lebanese and when she was when she's driving um, and she's talking to her mom in Lebanon. She gives me the phone. So I have the conversation with her mom in Lebanese accent. And she doesn't realize I'm not her daughter. She just keeps talking to me, which is. <laughs> so there is a part of me in my soul that's a bit Lebanese. Um, and I think it's a form of solidarity. Uh, not to just, you know, sit and condemn, but to also remember other people's pains and our brothers and sisters' pains. And it is also a part of our story. This is also my story. I was affected by it. And um, I think in the end, all of our issues are very similar worldwide because no one wants to see their country go through this. No one, no one, whether it's an American, any person would say, I don't want to see my country go through this. And, and I can relate to that. And even with the domestic violence, even with the pain, even with the female women issues, are, it's all global. It's all global. I don't feel like that it's like a country. It's all global. No one wants to see anyone go through pain. And everyone wants to do their part if they can. As small as that part is, let's just all do our part, I think, which is going to help in the end, definitely. And I'm really happy to have this to have had this conversation with you, Sophie. Me, me too, Sarah. I was going to say, you know, usually I, I ask my guest, is there anything you'd like to leave with our audience? And I think you've just said it very, very well. Yeah. You've wrapped up the whole conversation. Um, and for everyone who's listening, you can follow Sarah on Instagram. She does have her own website. So please, that's Sarah Aradi. Uh, ha- look her up if you don't know who I'm talking about. I also follow her on Instagram. So does Levon X. So you cannot get away with it. And uh, all the tags are there. So also to our listeners, we are a crowdfunded organization. We do rely on donations. So every little helps. And uh, please, if you are Bahraini and you're listening and you would like to know about the domestic violence hotline, I'm sure you can DM Sarah and she can give you more information on that. So Sarah, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, my dear. Thank you. Pleasure was mine. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.